Hello and welcome to another podcast from BetfairTradingCommunity.com. I'm going to talk about something today that I don't think I've talked about before. I'm going to talk about holding your position when you're trading and why it's actually really important to have the courage of your convictions and not let the emotion of the moment take you away from your trade. So I'm going to use an example today that's just happened yesterday. This will be probably go out in a few weeks this podcast because I'm quite ahead of schedule, like filming my podcast in advance and, uh, well, recording, I guess. And the game that happened was England versus Australia in the Ashes, the fifth test, okay? I'm sure a lot of you, if you're cricket fans, you'll all remember England, fantastic win. Um, did really well in the final session to get the win. At one point, it didn't look like that was going to happen and it looked like Australia would win. But it got me thinking because I was following the cricket thread and a couple of days before I had said when Australia had 380 plus to chase, I said this would be the eighth highest score in test history. This is over 100 runs more than the current record at the ground. And therefore, this is a lay at four point. I think it was like 4.8, something like that. And I actually said even at the time, look, this could lose. Right, everything can lose, but for me the odds should be higher. This is such an unlikely thing to happen. So, in my opinion, it's still value to lay at that price. Now, there's one thing I want to mention actually before I get into the details of the trade. When you're laying at odds of say 4.9, that's a that's a fairly high odds lay. Okay, in general, I don't ever lay higher than 10 I don't ever lay much higher than 7 I, I kind of like to keep it fairly low in that regard the reason is that staking becomes a bit of an issue what I find people do is rather than you know let's say £20 is your main bet is your standard bet rather than going okay the odds are let's say the odds are 5.0 rather than going okay I'm just going to put a fiver on it for a 20 pound risk to win a fiver people will go oh, I'll just use my 20 pound stake to lay and then suddenly they're looking at 80 quid liability instead four times what their actual liability should be and I think this is a problem and what happens is people do that because they go, well, yeah, but it's 5.0 and I don't think it's going to win. So I don't really mind taking a bit of more of a risk in terms of staking. And that's all well and good in theory until practice. Because I bet you, a lot of you listening to this, and I've fallen into this trap myself, don't you worry, will be thinking, yeah, that's exactly what I do. But then the problem is... When the trade starts going against me, I'm really panicking because I've staked too much. And this is the problem people have. And what happened in the match, in case you don't know, Australia got off to a phenomenal start. I think they were at 160 for naught. okay? Now, they still needed 200 plus to win. And again, it's not an easy total to get in Test cricket. But their odds became as low as 1.30. Now, it's interesting. Someone messaged me about a day in, and I think Australia were about 120 for naught at the time. And they said, mine, you know, what are you going to do? Are you, are you just going to take a loss? 
And I thought, I've seen this happen so many times that part of me just wants to say, no way, just just stick in that market with all your conviction. But when it's other people's money on the line, I sometimes find it difficult to have that kind of conviction because, hey, you know, I want people to make their own decisions with their own money. That That's how it is. I'm not a financial advisor at the end of the day. I just like to help people and give people advice on how to trade and train traders to make money. And I've been very successful that, at that over the past decade, fortunately. But the truth is that sometimes it's difficult for me to go, yes, stay in no matter what. That's kind of my feeling though, because I've seen it so many times when this happens. And here's the thing, right? If you've laid it, you know, four point whatever, and the odds start approaching evens, if you take a loss, you lose such a high percentage of your stake that where's the value, right? Because here's the question. When you take a loss in that situation, what are you really doing? Are you saying, I definitely think Australia are going to win now? Or are you saying, I'm a bit worried about losing my stake? Because the reality is, when you place a trade like that, where you're getting such large statistical value in that original lay, then actually it doesn't make sense to just take a big loss. Because hell, you might as well just take a full loss if it does go against you. You know, at this stage, you, the team still needs 240 runs. Batting on the fifth day in a test match is not easy at the best of times, right? It really isn't. So imagine now, you know, the game finished, I think the fourth day finished, now about 120-something for naught, right? But it's a different day. You know, how often do we see in test cricket, you come back the next day and conditions are different. The ball moves a bit more. It's more difficult for batting. Players take their eye off the ball. It's very easy to be in during an innings when you've been out in the crease for half an hour. It's much more difficult when you've batted for half an hour, then have to stop and come back the next day. You know, if you've ever played sport at any level, you will know that you you often you need a bit of a warm up. You need to get your eye in. Well, it's the same with cricket. The thing is, it's so easy to panic in those situations and take a loss. And ultimately, a no value loss. Like I just don't see the value in there statistically. Because even if you're right and Australia gone to win, you've got a fraction of your stake back. Well done. But if you're wrong, and this is the killer, right? If you're wrong to trade out and Australia don't win and you've just lost 75% of your stake, how sick are you going to be? How sick are you going to feel when that happens? And why will you feel sick? Is it because you lost... 75% of your stake and didn't need to yeah a little bit do you know what's really going to kick you more I find anyway you made the right trade you looked at the stats you did the research you saw wow the 8th highest score in history this would have to be thousands of test matches 8 and I'm getting odds of you know let's say 5.0 to lay wow what a gift that is in terms of statistics that is a huge gift 
And in a lot of ways, in that scenario, you are going to be better not watching the game. Because you just set and forget that and leave it as it is, you know? Now, I get the temptation, right? I get the temptation that you feel like it's going against you, a trade's going against you, you've made the wrong decision. But again, I bring it back to, why did you place that trade originally? Right? Why did you place that trade? Because you believed it was a value position. What has changed that has made it not a value position? Here's what I mean. So you could look at it and go, right, okay, Australia, 120 for naught. I can now lay them around evens, right? I could get some of my stake back here. Admittedly not tons, but I could get some of my stake back. But what I'm also saying there is this current Australia price's value. See, the truth is you shouldn't exit at a price that's not value. Now, if it was 120 for naught and Australia were, you know, let's say they went into 4.0 from 5 instead of a massive swing that they did. I think they went close to evens or odds on then you might have more of a case for the fact it's value. So you go, well, from this position, there's a chance. I mean, it's hard to even make that argument, to be honest, because of how low this happens in test cricket, how infrequent it is. But I just want you to get into the mindset of, if I'm trading out and taking a loss, it's because I believe there's actually value in the opposite side of the market. There's actually value now in a different position here. And I should take that because it's value. Now, if you think the odds aren't value, then you shouldn't take that trade out. Just because you think it's more likely, and it is, when a team gets to 120 for naught, it's obviously more likely. But, like I say, the odds will have come in anyway. So it's not like the odds stay the same and you can just go, well, yeah, I was wrong, but hey, I'll trade out because, you know, the odds haven't moved. No, they have. And they've probably moved massively against you. But remember why you made the trade. The reason we'd, we'd lay in that situation is because of how unlikely chasing that high total is. That is still a statistical fact, even when it's 120 for naught. It's still very difficult to make that total. And the fact that you're now essentially going to have to back it, evens or odds on, and it did actually go all the way into 1.3 something, right? 1.3 something. So again, exiting at that price, what would be the point? Your loss would be huge. And the reality is that, remember, originally we thought the market favoured Australia too much in that scenario. We thought they weren't going to chase it and they shouldn't have been in single-digit odds. Why now? Do we think that 1.3 would be value? Why would why would our original opinion have changed? Because our original opinion was based deeply in statistical research. It wasn't based in, oh well, I've got an opinion about cricket. It was based in actual knowledge, data, science, fact. I love using fact in trading. I think it's the best thing you can do because you remove all bias. See, 
what happens, the reason someone may have made a bad trade in that situation was that their emotions would have got the better of them. See, you might even know, I shouldn't really take the loss here, but I just feel like it's horrible now. Trade's gone against me. I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm looking at a red on my screen. The funny thing is, you could have avoided all of that if you hadn't watched it. <laughs> because it, let's say you're, you're just laying in this scenario and your intention is not to trade out. Then, and especially when you're laying at something like 4.9, like where is the trade out value? Because unless it gets to like 100, 200, there's no point trading out. And then once it gets to that stage, it's extremely unlikely it's going to go against you anyway. So the question then is, well, if I'm laying at these odds, basically I'm just saying it's not going to win and I'm probably going to pretty much let it run. Maybe when the 10th wicket goes, ninth wicket goes down and they're 20 plus to one, maybe then I green up. But the reality is that from a trading perspective, it's not an easy one to green up on. And as many people on the forum pointed out, if Australia start well, the odds are going to get two evens, and they did. And that would have actually been a, a great time to lay, right? And the optimal play would have been to lay them sub 1.5, right? But it's very easy to tell the optimal play after an event. 4.8 was value before that chase, and it will be value for the rest of time. Because of the statistics behind it. Only seven teams had ever chased that total. Zero at that ground. And the reality was that they had probably the best start they could have hoped for. No wickets. 100 plus runs. They got quite deep into the chase, only losing three wickets. And the amazing thing is... They went to 1.3, and in the end, they were 50 runs short of winning. 50 runs. We're not talking about a nail-biting, last ball, need a single kind of match. We're talking about a team that's 50 runs short, approaching 7pm. I'm not sure how much more time they would have got. It's late July. You know, the it's not it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier again now. It's been cold, wet, windy. They even had a rain delay in that match on that day. And it's amazing, isn't it? And like I say, it's amazing how these things turn. And I've got to wonder the psychology of someone who's backing Australia at one point three in that situation. You got some balls, I'll tell you that. Because you're taking on history. You're taking on statistical history big time. And you're saying, hey, don't worry about that. That's not going to happen. They'll get it. They'll chase it. The amount of people that predicted an Australia win on the morning from Pundit staggered me. It's like they'd never watched Test Cricket. And the thing is, once you do get that wicket, it's amazing how quickly it can start to unravel. You know, there's two instances of that yesterday. One when the first wicket went and suddenly Australia looked so vulnerable and they lost two or three really quickly. Then they steadied the ship and went off for a rain delay. Came back from the rain delay 
and lost a cluster of wickets up until the finish, basically. There were brief moments of hitting a few runs, but it was basically just a case of every time they started up again, they struggled. That's the reality of test cricket. People don't realise how quickly wickets start to fall. And when they do, they often come in clusters. And I just think that people train so much out of emotion that you get these value prices. Because if you study the stats, you would never back Australia in that match. You would never back Australia at those odds. You just wouldn't. It'd be, it'd be throwing good money after bad. And they didn't get within 50 runs. Now here's the thing. You made the right trade. You called it perfectly beforehand. Events didn't go your way at the start. And kind of in the middle bit, they went awry as well. But how many people would have taken a loss in that situation? How many people would have just given up? Gone, there you go. Take the money. Move on to the next. Have the courage of your convictions. If you're following a profitable strategy, it's because it's profitable. It's not because you need to jump ship when it starts to look like it's going awry. How often do we see in football? A favourite goes behind. You know, if you're back in a favourite, let's say you're back in a favourite at 2.0. They go 1-0 down in the first 10 minutes. You'll be looking at a large red. Truth is, a lot of the time those teams are going to come back and still win the game because there's so much time and they are the favourites. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about here where you're adjusting your trading based on what you're seeing right now rather than what's likely to actually come. See, the truth is, the history of Test Cricket will tell you that chase yesterday was never likely to happen. Perception, emotion and the odds will try and tell you otherwise. Sometimes you have to fight against that. Because the truth is, like I say, even if Australia went on to win that and you traded out at 1.5 and took a loss and recovered a little bit of your stake, you might feel a small victory. But I'd suggest in the long term, you start making plays like that too often. You'll do that a lot of the time when the team goes on to win. When the team you originally backed goes on to win, which England did. And England, strangely, were a massive price going into that final session. I think they're around that 6-7-1. to one. Which again, looking at the history and going... And, you know, once they decided they were going to play this really long session, the draw looked less likely. They still had a shot, but... It looked less likely. But all that happened was Australia's price piled in and in and in. There was no thought about England. And yet Australia didn't even get within 50 runs of winning. How many times have you traded and you've thought, this is going against me, so I'll trade out? You don't think this is value, this is the right thing to do. You just think, it's going against me, panicking. 
the thing is, you've got to have the courage of your convictions because the reason you're trading, right, is that you have placed that trade based on a belief that you have found something that's value. You have found a value proposition. So what has changed? Other than what's happened in play, what has changed? Because ultimately, if a goal is scored and it's gone against you and you trade out, you're going to be taking a hit, right? It's not like you can just go, well, I'll trade out and get my money back. So I just feel like sometimes we just give our money away too easily and we go, no, no, oh, you've got to remember there's ups and downs. And I think sometimes we forget this when we're in a trade. We forget how many ups and downs there are in sport. Test cricket, so many ups and downs. I even had a friend text me. Um, he's actually used to be a trader at Beckford. He texted me yesterday and he said, I cannot believe how much these cricket markets go up and down. I said, look, we know this. You know, come come see our cricket forum. These guys are just masters at trading on cricket because they know there is money to be made on this. And the reality is that you've got to have the courage of your convictions. You've got to use your brain. You've got to use your knowledge. You've got to use the statistics in front of you. You've got to use history. You've got to look at all these things and then make your value judgment. And the thing is, it's rarely, and I honestly mean this, it's rarely going to be value that you trade out in that scenario and take a big loss. Because the problem with taking a big loss is events can turn around. You know, tennis, how often have you seen a tennis match? Players down and you think, oh, they're done, they're done. They come back. You know, Wimbledon the other day, Djokovic first set absolutely hammered Alcaraz and you're thinking, oh, it's, it's going to be easy. The commentators actually pointed out that that happened last time they met and Alcaraz came back and won. Now, that's really interesting, right? Because ultimately, our instinct, our brain tells us, oh, this has just happened, therefore it's going to keep happening. That is not how sport works. That is why sport is fantastic. That is why sport is my religion. I worship the religion of sport because ultimately I love the fact there can be twists and turns. Not just because I make money on it, but because that is the essence of greatness. That is the essence of what makes sport so great. And I feel like all of you guys, you can take this on. You can really take this on and push yourself forward as a trader. If you remember that sport changes, sport changes all the time. Do not feel like just because you saw something just now it's going to keep happening. How often do you see a first half in football and you go, oh my God, that team is getting battered. They've got no chance. They're 1-0 down. They're going to get absolutely smashed. They come out the second half, totally different team. It looks like a totally different game. I mean, it's amazing how often it happens. Often with Norwich, which winds me up because Norwich often look good and then they come out second half and get absolutely battered from nowhere and it really winds me up. But the important thing to remember when you're trading is this. You have the power to know this. You have the power to take this on. So when you're sitting there worrying, I've got a red here, what do I do? Most of the time, the situation has not changed other than the scoreline. And you would be just taking a big red when you go, do you know what? There is a chance for comeback here. Because as, as long as there's still a chance, as long as your research was solid beforehand, as long as your strategy is profitable in the long term, then really there's no reason to take a red. You know, unless there's been a significant event. So let's say like football, Martin, when might you take a red? Well, if I'm back in a team and there's a red card for that team, I might take a red in that spot. But again, the problem is if they get a red card and, you know, I feel like I want to take a red. The problem is in that situation, I'm going to be taking a big red. So that would be more of a judgment of watch the next couple of minutes. Has it totally changed the game? If so, is the goal inevitable? Okay, maybe I'll leave it, right? But again... 
This is very rare. There's, it's very rare that there's these circumstances. And I get why people trade with automation. I get why people use bots. I quite enjoy doing it on the horses because I'm not going to sit there and watch my horse trades in play. I'm just going to set them up, let them go, bang, bang, bang. They can trade it for me. Because as far as I'm concerned, I do not want to get my emotions involved in stuff like that. Right, And I feel like on other sports it's harder because cricket, you're looking there for five days. You've got hours to think about this, even football, 90 minutes. That's quite a long time. You try, I'll take, because I'll tell you how. If you try putting a bet on that you really care, that really matters to you, and the event's on, going and spending the next couple of hours while you're waiting for that to finish and not think about it. Try it. It's, it's virtually impossible. You'll be so tempted, I need to go check the score, I need, I need to go see this. Right, So I feel like you can just become a better trader sometimes by having the courage of your convictions. All right, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you've been inspired by this podcast. I'm going to fire you up. I've got a real fire in me from trading. I absolutely love Betfair trading. You know that, guys. Nothing's ever going to stop me. This is the thing. Some people, they try and stop me. I go, you're never going to stop me. I love Betfair trading. I'm always going to be doing this. I'm always going to be training people. I've had a lot of people get angry with me. They go, oh, Martin, stop telling people this advice. You're making them good at trading. I'm like, I don't care. I love helping people. I love telling people how to become good traders because ultimately it changes life. And I've seen it happen with so many people. There's people on the forum. I won't name them because I haven't asked their, you know, if they want me to name them. But just their lives literally transformed by becoming good at Betfair trading. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference in the world. So take this advice on. Take it seriously. If you've been inspired by this message and you're not on the Betfair Trading Community Forum, go get involved. If you're a member, go get involved more. Go talk to us. If you need help with anything, use the private coaching. You can work with me. And... Here's the thing, if you aren't a member, go and try it out. I mean, we have like trials that cost a couple of quid for a couple of days and you can go and see what everything's about and it's absolutely gonna show you that you can become a better trader being a part of betfairtradingcommunity.com. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for all the great messages you send me all week. I do try and reply to all of them. If, if they get through to me, I, we do get a lot. So, you know, if you don't get a reply, it will normally just be because I haven't got it. So send me another one. Send it in a different format. And yeah, have a great week, guys. But most importantly of all, make some money trading on Betfair. <laughs>